This is the Tech Talks playlist from Web Summit. I'm your host, David Savage. We've been going around Web Summit and we've talked to five people from the conference floor, trying to find out why they're here, what's going on, and what the buzz is on the ground in Lisbon. This is your twice weekly technology podcast brought to you by the Harvey Nash Group, where we talk to leaders across the industry and bring you a bit of technology news. Hope you enjoy this playlist. So I'm chatting to Sebastian. Sebastian, you're CEO of Anari. Hi. Who are Anari? <laughs> so what we're doing basically is um, we're developing um, the digital twin of the human body. So we're developing a measurement system, uh, not only measuring the human joints of the human body, but also muscle activity. So this gives us a comprehensive overview of how the, back, uh, the human body actually is functioning and working. Which sounds great, but it also prompts the question of why. <laughs> why do we know how the human body is moving? Yeah, first of all, we just wanted to know how it works. You know, that's the, that's the basic uh, motivation behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, when we started the company, uh, the task was simple. We all wanted to get better in surfing. Uh, and so we were... <laughs> what a catalyst <laughs> for such a noble sounding cause. Yeah, in the end, it's always about fun. <laughs> So and that's, that's basically how it started. So we found out that uh, the solutions that are there um, didn't fit our purpose in this regard. And we're all quite techy and I have to admit nerdy. Uh, so we wrote, uh, read some papers, uh, got engaged with uh, academia mm-hmm. and found certain solutions that were not quite developed yet. And yeah, that's basically how it started. And look. We kind of joke, and at the same time, there is a serious application in, in as much as it can help sports performance. Yeah. But I suppose there's also applications into how it could help people maybe who've lost a limb or they're struggling to move, I suppose, through chronic pain, perhaps, and might be able to kind of ease some of their issues. Exactly. So our um, main focus groups, of course, is sports, but also med tech, like you said. Uh, it's beginning from rehabilitation. So you're having movements you want to avoid in, all, uh, in order to cure an injury, but also if you, like you said, uh, miss a limb, we want to bring back this basic functionality uh, of the human body. For example, having a normal uh, uh, possibility to walk again. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of begs a really simple question. It might be kind of stupid, but there's 40,000 people here walking around. <laughs> Do most people move in a way that isn't beneficial? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But uh, funny thing is, what we figured out as well, uh, it's a simple but actually quite tricky question. What is the right kind of movement? Uh, we came for, uh, to this question out of the sports perspective um, because you always have this gold standard. Um, there is like this one top-notch athlete who's leading all the lists, if you think of tennis, for example. Yeah. He is a kind of style and everybody's trying to copy it. But... Not everybody has the same physical abilities and also not the same body. Yeah, so we're talking something like Djokovic who manages to yeah. slide around with his ankles at impossible angles, right? <laughs> exactly. If I would try it, I would probably need an artificial limb <laughs> right after that, yeah. <laughs> uh, so look, you, you mentioned that it kind of came out of surfing and whatever else, but you, you are very grounded in academia. Yeah. You're studying a PhD at the moment as well as running an R, right? Yeah, that's true. What's the PhD in? Uh, the PhD basically is uh, in, in Dresden, back in Germany. Yeah. Uh, it's at the Center for Tactile Internet. It's like some uh, interdisciplinary research um, 
organization back at the university, and it's all centered about uh, human interaction with uh, cyber-physical systems. And I'm basically doing all the stuff, computing in the cloud, and also the measurement system. Your other co-founders? Co-founder okay. and CEO. Yeah. yeah. So your other co-founder is Anari. Are, yeah. they, are they also studying PhDs? Are they also an academic? Uh, two of us are doing the PhD, uh, yeah. and the other ones are uh, either they're already done with <laughs> academia, or having their own kind of grasp on the uh, on the topic. So we have sports scientists, etc. So I suppose the question I'm building to is: is with a startup, it tends to be all-consuming. It's this thing that you have to <laughs> commit wholly to to make it work, right? Yeah. Well, that I'm not making that as a statement. I'm making that as, a, as an observation. That's what people say. But here's you, who's doing a PhD as well as running a startup, which is obviously contrary to what you're told you need to do to be a successful founder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because like uh, it's the second day of Web Summit here, um, and one of the questions we got asked a lot is, "Well, you don't want to have funding. You don't need additional people." Uh, and you don't need like sales support, why are you even here? <laughs> um, our strategy is kind of different. Like I said, we're doing uh, quite innovative stuff, which means we need time in order to make this uh, uh, the system foundation ready to work and make it ex uh, expendable. But on the other hand, it gives us the opportunity to uh, get grants and funding. On the other hand, we're always investigating potential use cases and already engaged with customers and already do um, like pre-development for them in order to uh, bring this new kind of technology right into a product. So we're maturing it with potential customers. And in one to two years, we're doing like the standard uh, startup trek. <laughs> what, you're, what you're thinking about here at, at Web Summit. Yeah. yeah. So you talk there about potential customers. You talk obviously about the application perhaps into sports, perhaps into med tech. How do you broach those communities? Especially where you are right now, where the, te where the technology is fairly experimental, you're kind of, you're pre, kind of prototype, you're working on, on it. How do, you, how do you talk to people in a way in something that's quite abstract and get them interested? <laughs> uh, in this case, it's a, a bit like with cheese or with wine. It, it really had to major. In the beginning, it was really, we always needed at least 20 minutes of pitch time yeah. in order to make people like, I don't understand what you're doing. It sounds fancy, but huh? And to formulate this uh, actual, like this digital twin for the human body, it's a simple, simple sentence, but coming to this essence took quite some time. Uh, and we, we had to iterate a lot with, uh, with our network, with people that we knew. Uh, they had to direct us to the right people that were capable of, or had the background we were having also in academia to give us like the right uh, direction or to, okay, develop in this direction. Mm -hmm. Skip this one. We had to pivot a lot in order to really get this research and also development agenda, also market-wise. Yeah. Surfing is cool, but yeah, it's, it's not really where you make business. No. <laughs> so, unfortunately, yet. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, we really just had to talk about it. Probably the first half a uh, year of, after the funding of the company, was really talking to people and getting our own mindset right. Like this, we're doing research related stuff, but still we see this potential of developing a product and yeah. also, you know, streamline it in this direction. It's, it was heavy in the beginning, but 
now I can I can say it was really was the right decision. <laughs> and look, something else that I'd love to just talk to you about is, is finding out what what your perception of this conference is as a German, because you walk around the Alpha and Beta zones, and it's predominantly North American, some UK. UK has a pretty strong startup scene. There's a lot of Eastern European companies here um, this year. Yeah. Um, I don't see many, if I'm honest, from Germany, from France, from traditional kind of Western European countries. Kind of, why, why do you think that is, and what's your perception of what's going on in the industry? Um, I totally agree. I mean, I was also browsing through uh, the attendee list in order to find German VCs and investors. You don't find too many, uh, especially the bigger ones are not even here or they are a bit like under the radar. They're not exposing them so much like other countries would do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's people are a bit scared in Germany to invest money, especially it's uh, uh, higher amounts of money. There's other institutions with uh, the, the gates you have to cross in order to get money are, uh, from, from my point of view, are higher. People want to make sure it's getting an ex a success, so they really want to see, is, is he just having a really, really fancy or maybe even good idea, or is it also, can I earn money with it? And as soon as people are sure it's a fixed thing, then in Germany you get money. Uh, it's it's not really the startup kind of thinking. <laughs> no, no, it's not necessarily the startup thinking. But let's 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 ask a another possibly kind of sage question: Is it perhaps a more sensible, sustainable model? You know, we we see so much investment going into companies that don't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, in Germany, the startup scene also is kind of different. I've been to Silicon Valley a lot of times uh, because I worked for automotive industry in the past. Um, the crazier your idea was, the more investors you could attract. And in Germany, it's really different. If uh, the, the crazier your idea is, the more alone you are. <laughs> and yeah, people are really, they, they need to see that it's working. So risk affinity is not a thing <laughs> back in my place. So. But does he, I mean, as, as a startup founder in Germany, do you think there are you know, if I think about London in particular, fintech, there are a lot of unicorns and, and, and maybe not unicorns, but businesses that have done really well that you can kind of look to and, and go, right, they're, they're kind of at the vanguard of this community. They're the ones that are putting us on the map. Do you feel that, that your community and geography has that? Do you think it needs it? I've talked to some people who are like, you don't need unicorns. You just need 10 companies who are successful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Unicorns, especially in Germany, aren't, aren't too common or... They are not even proclaimed uh, like unicorns, even if they are one. So it's it, the hype is not so big about unicorns in Germany, I think. Um, yeah, and also the business uh, business case or the the affinity towards apps, for example, in Germany is quite high. Yeah, that's something we resembled. Everybody was asking us if we were doing an app uh, because people found out okay, uh, it's the uh, how to make money with apps. It's something that. Uh, trained out people have tried it a lot and succeeded most of uh, the, the chances with an app to succeed in order to get a lot of customers or uh, uh, like people who subscribe is higher and they understand it so okay it's a scaling thing yeah i can make a process out of it that's german <laughs> we can reproduce and make it a quality thing yeah <laughs> that 
you, you have high chances of uh, getting somebody backing this up in Germany, but especially like those research or um, fancy tech, deep tech stuff, yeah. it's not so easy. You, you always need partners like uh, research facilities. Yeah. Luckily, we have a lot of those in Germany, which we are using as well, but it's a different kind of, it doesn't feel like startup. Again, you always have to show your research papers <laughs> with a flip chart and say, that's my formula. And uh, you're always discussing and you always need the foundation. It's, it's not so much about trust or belief. It's really like showing, showing the facts. So one last question. Uh, yesterday you were on your stand talking to people as they came up to you and, and, and doing that whole gig, which I think is probably very exhausting to do for a whole day. <laughs> Now that you've got a bit more freedom to go around the conference, what are you, what are you wanting to find out yourself? Um, oh, actually, to be honest, uh, I contacted a lot of uh, the startups doing um, this impact entrepreneurship and sustainability yeah. uh, just to learn, really, because, um, yeah, I think I got a bit too... Um, focused on business or uh, also like setting up the company and I wanted to have like a bit, a bit more optimistic view on the world again. <laughs> uh, so actually I made a few appointments uh, just to talk to those who are making the world better in a classic way. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm doing this with my, uh, my guys as well, but on a more, uh, let's say, uh, a brainy kind of way. I don't know <laughs> how to put it. Uh, but yeah, I like those optimists who are really trying to move people, gather people and make a movement. Well, look, it's uh, lovely to talk to you, Sebastian. Thanks for your time. Nice to talk to you as well. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you.